You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Danny Hardy. All right, if we have not had the privilege of meeting, my name is Danny Hardy, and I would love today to get to meet you. Um, I am the communications pastor here at Grace, and I lead our women's ministry, and that's just one of the most fun things that I get to do. And the last time, thank you, ma'am, that I was on this stage preaching, I was about 52 months pregnant. Um, <laughs> earlier, I said like 22, and someone was like, whenever you said that, I got really confused because I had to do the math really quick and then realized that wasn't how long people were actually pregnant. <laughs> so I thought I would go for a bigger number this time, so it was really clear. <laughs> Um, But so I'm super thankful to be here today and just the opportunity to share this word with you. Um, I am a Jesus lover first and foremost above all other things. I am a wife of nearly 18 years to the worship pastor who usually stands here um, with his guitar and he's at home sick today. Um, And I'm I'm a mom to two miracle girls and I don't use that word lightly. And so if you want to hear more of that story, I would love to share that with you at any point in time. And I'm really excited to share this word. And it's on a topic that Tommy gave me. And then last week when he was talking about it, he forgot what the topic was and called it something else. And I had to go check my notes and was like, oh, did I write the wrong message? (laughs) Uh, But in fact, I'm preaching today on raising kingdom kids. And I would not call myself an expert at anything except for possibly confidently butchering the words to songs um, and certainly not a parenting expert but here we are and this is the message that God has given me today so when I started writing this message I reached out to some grace moms um, for pictures and to, to ask some questions because I thought it would be fun for you to hear from them today too and not just from me and so when I asked them a few questions one of the things I asked was motherhood is having to say And this is how they filled in the blanks. Motherhood is having to say, please just let me go to the bathroom. (laughs) Motherhood is having to say, yes, I'll come play (laughs) when you're exhausted. Motherhood is having to say, no, no. And don't tell me no, no in the same breath. Motherhood is having to say, get out of the dog bed. And that's at our house. (laughs) Motherhood is having to say, I need help. And last but not least, motherhood is having to say, what is that smell? (laughs) It's good. A mom is someone who helps children navigate the hard things she can't fix for them. She struggles through knowing that children don't keep and one day they grow up. She steps back and lets them make their own decisions, even when it's not what she thinks is best. A mom navigates the hard of letting children fail on their way to learning something new. She juggles the holy work of motherhood with every other role she's been assigned. A mom may be weary and tired from the daily grind, but she rises every single day with her children in mind. And then when asked to describe motherhood in one word, our grace mom said, exhausting, (laughs) worthwhile, work, unconditional, precious, bittersweet, purposeful, intense, and roller coaster. (laughs) I, I felt that one deep down. 
Um, I think from these responses, it's safe to say that parenting in general and motherhood, it's like a mixed batch, right? A mixed batch of emotions, a mixed, mixed batch of struggles and responsibilities, and it just feels really tricky sometimes. So today, as we lean into this content of raising kingdom kids, I want us to keep a few things in mind. I want us to keep in mind the grace that is due to ourselves inside of our parenting, We are not going to parent perfectly. And so we have to give ourselves grace for that. As kingdom parents and kingdom grandparents, if we are living for Christ and our children are aiming to even become like us, they will innately become more like Christ. So we can give ourselves grace inside of our journey to become like him as we're trying to teach our children how to become like him. And the other grace that we need to afford is grace to our kids because they're not going to get it all right. And even with the best parenting strategies in place, they need permission to make mistakes on their way to getting to know a kind and loving God inside of clear boundaries because they're going to mess up and they're going to look to us to see, am I still loved when I'm messed up? And so we need to give our kids grace as we give ourselves grace because as we're busy raising kids, God is still busy raising us. So can we agree today to give grace to ourselves, grace to one another, and grace to our kids as we engage in this content? Yes? Okay, like like rules of engagement here. Here we go. Okay, so I did a little bit of research as I was preparing for this message, and my friends in the room are shocked that I did research. Um, Okay, parenting in America today, this is what I found from this study, that 94% of parents say that it's very or extremely important that their children become honest and ethical adults of the parents polled. 88% say it's very too extremely important that their children be hardworking. 81% that their children become someone who helps others in need. But this last one, 35%, which is about one-third of the people who were polled, find it very too extremely important that their children grow up to share their religious or faith beliefs. So what this shows me is that raising good people has become a cultural norm that is in no way attached to faith. And as kingdom people, we are called to do more than simply raise good people. We are called to raise kingdom people. So how do we do that? It's a great question. And I don't have the answer. (laughs) But what I do have are some strategies or things that we can remember inside of our call to parenting. And that these are biblical principles that can apply to this content. I wish that I had a specific formula, and honestly, our kids are seven and one, so we have a long way to go. A long, she said, yeah, you do. (laughs) I felt that. (laughs) We do have a long way to go, but these biblical truths can be applied. And the last statistic I want to share with you is this one from the State of Moms and Dads in America. That 46% of moms and 45% of dads say they feel judged all the time or nearly all the time. This is a sad and staggering statistic. And this poll was given not just to people who call themselves Jesus followers, but to people at large. But inside of the church, 
we don't need anyone judging our parenting because I can promise that we are all judging it harder than anyone else ever could. We need to parent in an environment where we feel championed, where we feel encouraged, where we feel someone cheering us on. And so that's something I hope that we can shift in our mindset today. We are meant to labor inside of this intense work as we're linking arms with each other. And I believe that that's God's heart for us today, that we would have the courage to link arms with one another and not feel ridicule and not feel judgment because that ridicule and judgment isolates us out of fear of embarrassment or failure. And then we're attempting to parent alone. And that's not a kingdom mentality, and that's not what the king wants for us today. So as we open up the word today and we seek the guidance that the word of God has for us, I'm praying that we have an openness of heart and an openness of mind to explore our priorities inside of parenting and allow the Lord to speak directly to those. And if you're in the room today and you're like, well, I'm not a parent, why did I come here? (laughs) The word of God never returns void. So he will speak a word today. And I encourage you as we pray in just a second to ask him who he would invite you to leverage this word towards. Is there a child in your life that you have influence with? Are there people at work who are younger than you who you have influence with? You have a sphere of influence and this word can be leveraged in those places. So I encourage you to ask him as we pray. Pray with me. God, as we open your word today, God, we know and believe that your word is alive, that it is breathing and active. And God, we ask that it would speak to us today, that you would speak to us today through your word. God, would you open our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say? And God, if it's something different than the pages of my notes, God, would you make it clear? We thank you for your word, and as we look to it for guidance, God, we pray that you would make it clear to us the charge of what's next for us as people of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the first place that we're going to go in Scripture today, well, the first thing, let me tell you this. Raising kingdom kids is more than moral parenting. So in order for us to parent like kingdom parents, we have to flip the script from cultural parenting to kingdom parenting. And I made this a fun little acronym because it helps me remember things, and I figured it might be helpful for you too. So we have the opportunity to create a narrative for our kids that counters the narrative that they're hearing in the world. But to do that, we have to flip the script. We have to parent in a way that looks counter or different from culture. And the F of flipping the script is forgiveness and fruit. Teaching our kids the value of forgiveness and fruit. The process of forgiveness, we want to teach our kids this pattern of acknowledging sin in their life, confessing openly, asking for forgiveness, receiving forgiveness, and then praying to overcome. In our homes, we can teach this pattern to our children to do with us as they are learning how to do that with God. You as their parent are someone they can see, they can touch, they can embrace. And as they're learning to trust an invisible God, it helps them to have that tangible connection inside of this with us. So this pattern is essential in kids learning the the bones of forgiveness. But the truth of this is like, okay, this is like, 
center here. You cannot raise kingdom kids if you haven't surrendered your life to the king. So that's step one. If you're in this room today and you have been attempting this whole parenting gig on your own aside from Jesus, today's the day to make that shift by giving your life to the Lord first and foremost and allowing him to direct every single path you take, especially the ones you take with your kids. And that would be my hope for you today. Surrendering your life to the king and believing that forgiveness is enough for you and therefore forgiveness is needed for your kids. The first scripture is James 5.16. And it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And we're going to look at the rest of this verse a little bit later. But God longs to be Lord for your children so that they would be identified by his healing, as the scripture says, and not by the world's pain. Dusty and I decided early on with our oldest, which was just a few years ago, (laughs) um, that we wanted to normalize confession in our home. We wanted confession and forgiveness to be a pattern of everyday life. And so this process with our daughter, this is not hard, guys, and this is very simple. You're going to be like, oh, wow, okay, that's like we can do that. When a misbehavior occurs or a disobedience occurs or even a weakness is exposed, we give her the opportunity to sit in that tension. We acknowledge what it is, and we give her the chance to sit with it. And then after that a lot of time, we approach her, and we give her the chance to acknowledge what it was that she did or whatever it was, like a weakness that was exposed. We give her the chance to call it what it is, and then we give her the opportunity to ask for forgiveness. And then we don't simply say, it's okay. We assign appropriate language and we say, we forgive you. We forgive you. And then we pray for the strength to overcome whatever disobedience, misbehavior, or weakness was exposed through that transaction. And this is a simple pattern, and it's one that has grown our prayer life as a family. That now at night when we sit down to pray, we have the opportunity to, among one another, confess our struggles of the day. And, like, I should just say this, that we're only, Dusty and I are only confessing age-appropriate things in front of our child. But she does get to hear us practice the art of confession, And if there are times that we do things wrong against her, we go to her with a heart of forgiveness. And she gets to be the person who learns how to give grace and grant forgiveness to us when we go to her and we confess what we've done wrong against or towards her. And then she has the chance to practice being the giver of grace and forgiveness. And the same thing goes that if Dusty and I um, have misconduct, I'll just call it, in front of her. If we have an argument, if we have a disagreement in front of her and things don't go positively because just because we're pastors, like, we still are real people. And so if that happens in front of her, we go to her and apologize for it. And we make account for what we've done wrong in front of her. And then she has the chance again to acknowledge that we're sinners. And then she has the chance to give grace where it's needed. And so this pattern of forgiveness... And this normalizing confession in our home has been a beautiful gift for our family. And it allows forgiveness to become a way of life. The other part of F is fruit. And this is from Galatians 5, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. There's a fun little VBS song I thought about singing for you, but I opted not to. The main point about fruits of the Spirit is that we can't expect to measure fruit in the lives of our children that they can't see or taste in ours. So if we want a more joyful child, we should be a more joyful parent. If we want a more peaceful child, we need to practice being more peaceful parents. If we want a more self-controlled child, we need to become more self-controlled parents. We need to be able to talk to our children about the fruits of the Spirit and allow them to take inventory of their own lives to see what fruits are really growing in my life and talk about it and allow them to see what fruits they need to partner with God to grow more of in their life and then have that conversation about your fruit too with your kids, which allows the family unit to grow in this way together. The next scripture is from John 15, verses 4 and 5, which says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The difference between trying to raise good people by cultural standards with characteristics like ethics and honesty, which we all agree are good, versus raising a kingdom kid bearing the fruit of the Spirit from an abiding relationship with Jesus is that characteristics that stem from a person will at some point become exhausted and come to an end. But the fruits of the Spirit that come from a relationship with Jesus Christ are endless because they are coming from an endless source. So characteristics that simply stem from us will become depleted and will then disappear. But characteristics that come from abiding with Christ will never cease to exist. The L for flip the script on cultural parenting to kingdom parenting is limits. We need to accept that we all have limits inside of our humanity and we have been given limits or boundaries by God. From the beginning, we see in the Genesis story in chapter 2 that God gave limits to Adam and Eve inside the Garden of Eden. He told them which tree to eat from and which tree to not eat from. And we see from the scriptures and we see within our own lives that those limits are for our good. And when a limit is crossed, a fall is imminent. The limits that God gives are for our good. And we need to learn that giving our children limits, healthy limits, clear boundaries, that it is good for them to learn how to operate inside of them and to witness us operating inside of our own limits because it teaches them to one day create them for themselves. Proverbs 4, 18 through 27 The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, 
Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And we're going to stop in verse 23. Guard your heart. Notice it doesn't say, I, God, will guard your heart for you. We are commissioned with the responsibility of guarding our own hearts. And therefore, when we are caring for young children, minor children, we are responsible for guarding their hearts until they learn how to guard their own heart. That is part of our responsibility as parents and caretakers to children. So we're responsible for helping them create limits and learn limits and learn how to operate inside of those limits, guarding their hearts. And the truth is, is that because we're commissioned to protect their hearts, to guard their hearts, to protect their innocence, if their innocence is lost at a young age, when implementation of greater limits could have prevented it, we are ultimately responsible And that's a hard truth. The world tries to tell our kids to live faster, grow up sooner, look older, stay up later, do everything earlier. They are being bombarded with messages all of the time. But growing up should be both protected and progressive as our children are learning the identity that is true from the word of God before they are bombarded by the narrative of the world that's telling them something different about who they are. They need to hear it from us and from the word before they're impacted by it from the world. This next slide, if you want to grab your phones and take a picture of this, and I will share this on social media too. But this is a great resource page. If you want to grab your phone, a few people, a few of you are. These are podcasts, social media accounts, and apps that you can follow or download or participate with. These resources will give you practical, biblical wisdom and advice to not only help your kids with the implementation of limits, but also engaging in hard but necessary conversations from anything from sex to technology use. Like these things kind of cover it all. And we need a toolbox full of resources to help us parent inside of our current context. And these are great resources that you could use. The next scripture, Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. He is our portion. We are not our portion. Our human experience is full of limitations. Our energy, our capacity, our hope, our will, our strength, all of it comes to an end sometimes because we have limitation. But instead of trying to prove or believe that you can do anything, be anything for everyone, we have the opportunity to lay down that practice of trying to be all of it and do all of it and instead say, Lord, this is all I can do and I will surrender to you because you are my portion, you are my cup, you are enough and I am not. So I will let you be in charge. 
And as we do that, as we accept our own limits and we express those with their children, they don't feel so bad about their limits because they're aware of their own limitations. We need to accept those and acknowledge those inside of conversations with our kids. And it might be as easy as saying, hey, guys, listen, I'm really tired right now. And my patience is coming to an end. So I'm going to trust God to get me through this moment. And I need you to rely on him in this moment too. Right? Like it's, we can just put language around it. And sometimes it's like there are times where our seven-year-old is like crazy. And I will just, Lord Jesus, I pray in this, right? And I'm just praying over her and praying over me that something will shift in the moment because we're all about to go nuts. Right? Because we have limits. Our kids know their limits. And so when we explain our limits to them, it helps them to not feel so bad about theirs. Because if they never see ours and they're fully aware of their own failures and they're measuring themselves against us, then they think they're less and they begin to partner with that narrative that the world is giving them. And that's not what God wants for them. And so we have to model our limits for our kids. The eye of flip the script from cultural parenting to kingdom parenting is that children are to be regarded as an investment and not an inconvenience. God can pursue our kids without us. He doesn't need us. But would we rather him work around us to get to our kids or would we rather him get to work through us? Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. The Enduring Word commentary had a great explanation of children like arrows that's going to be on the screen. Children, like arrows, must be carefully shaped and formed. They must be guided with skill and strength. They must be given care or they will not fly straight. Anybody? Amen? Okay, yes. Um, children, like arrows, must be aimed and given direction. They will not find direction on their own. And children, like arrows, are only launched once. They are an extension of the warrior's strength and accomplishment, and they have potential for much good or evil. Investing in our kids is necessary. An investment in our children might look like tending to the physical needs of our young children or sifting through the emotional needs of our older children. Investing in our kids might be giving them our face instead of our phone when they're desperate for our attention. Investing in our kids could be family devotional time that become a sweet rhythm in your household or worship music in the car. Investing in our kids could be teaching them to solve their problems according to the world, the word of God, rather than what the world is telling them about their problems. Investing in our kids could be prioritizing the development of their identity over the development of their hobbies. Investment in our kids matters, and it's best seen as serving our children. Serving is not of lesser value in the kingdom of God. It is the currency of the kingdom of God. And serving our families is a privilege. And y'all, in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, it says it this way. 
Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And I've been so guilty of like cleaning up the mess at the end of the day and thinking, how do two people make so much mess? And you're putting up toys and you're putting up laundry and you're cleaning up the kitchen for the 17th time in the day. And it's like, I am not their maid. And then the Lord says, no, but you are my servant. To which I sort of, like a seven-year-old, and yes, sir, right? But when we acknowledge that serving our families is one of the best ways we can invest in our kids, it flips the script on how we're raising them not to match culture, but to match the kingdom. And the last thing about investment is that our kids can be invited into making an investment as they're being invested in. There's no better way for a child to practice their identity and their purpose than by serving others. They can serve in our church. They can serve in their schools. They can serve in your homes. Don't deprive them of the opportunity to serve because it's great practice for them to execute the truth of who they are as servants of Christ. The P on flip the script from cultural parenting to kingdom parenting is prayers. There is power, power in devoting specific time every single day to praying for your kids, with your kids, and over your kids. Prayer matters. And if we prayed like we believed it worked, how differently would our homes look? Pray your kids into the kingdom. Pray for them that they would have a bold faith and a courageous spirit. And then how beautiful would it be if one day they know that they are a passionate follower of Jesus Christ because of the prayers of someone who loved them. What a legacy for us to leave for our children and our grandchildren. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their obedience. Pray for their purity. Pray for their innocence. Pray against the agenda of the enemy because I guarantee you he has one. But you partner in prayer with the Father about who he says your kids are and watch it flip things at home. As you pray scripture over your kids, you can insert their names into the scripture. You can change pronouns to make these prayers a partnering prayer from your heart, a declaration for your kids. And this is what it might look like. This is an example from Philippians 1.6, and this is my daughter's name. For I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in daily will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Pray it and believe it for your children, for your grandchildren, for your nieces, for your nephews, for your brothers, for your sisters. Prayer matters. And this next slide are scriptures that you can pray if you want to grab your phone and take a picture of it. These are scriptures that you can pray for your children, with your children, and over your children, inserting their names or praying it as a declaration of faith for their lives. Because prayer matters and God has given us the greatest resource known to man in the word of God. And we just have to learn how to leverage it. And this is a way that we can use this tool for the betterment of our homes and the betterment of the kingdom of God. While you have your phone out, 
I want to share with you a super easy tool that we use in our home. You have an alarm setting on your phone. And we're forgetful people. I set alarms for all kinds of embarrassing things um, <laughs> that I should just be able to remember, but I can't. And so I set alarms to help me remember. And there's no shame in setting an alarm every day to help you remember to pray for your kids. We have an alarm every day that goes off at 1 o'clock that Dusty and I pray for three specific things for our girls. Whether we're in a meeting and we have to snooze it multiple times until we can actually sit down and do it, or whether we do it as soon as it goes off, one o'clock every day, we pray for our girls, for their innocence, for their purity, and for their sexuality. We pray with them, and we pray over them when we're together. But this is a specific thing we are praying for them in unison every single day. And this is something you can do inside of your home. This pattern of prayer James 5.16, which was the verse we started with, and it's the verse we're going to end with today. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayers of a parent who loves the Lord is powerful and effective. The prayers of a teacher who loves the Lord, is powerful and effective. The prayers of a neighbor who loves the Lord is powerful and effective. You have a sphere of influence that the Lord has given you, and you can leverage that sphere of influence by praying for the people inside of it. And the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Parenting is a huge responsibility. Influencing other people is a huge responsibility that we have been given because we're constantly aiming to not simply raise good people inside of our parenting, but we're aiming to raise kingdom people who are commissioned to love God, love others, and make disciples in their generation. So it's more than morality. So as we flip the script from cultural parenting to kingdom parenting, let us remember these things teaching our children the power of forgiving, being forgiven, receiving forgiveness, and forgiving others, bearing fruit in their lives from an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ, living with and inside of limits, the power of investing in our children because we believe that they matter and they are never to the Lord and should never be to us an inconvenience. And finally, praying for, with, and over our kids. If we can implement these practical strategies, we can flip the script on how we parent. And we can do more than simply raise good people. We can aim to raise kingdom people who love God, love others, and make disciples. This final song that we're going to sing is, believe it or not, our one-year-old's favorite song. <laughs> and it has been her favorite song since she entered the world. Because when she would be losing her mind crying, we're in the car and I couldn't get to her, I could turn this song on and it worked every single time. And it still works every single time. And it's the song, Honey in the Rock. And I think about it this way. God gave manna and quail 
to sustain the Israelites when they were in the desert for 40 years. And they were sustained. But perhaps it was the honey from the rock that satisfied their taste buds. Do we simply want to be sustained in our parenting, which matters day by day? Or do we want to truly be satisfied in our parenting, which comes from not simply raising good people, but raising kingdom people? Because he is the only one who will ever fully satisfy. And him at the center of all that we do inside of our homes is the only way we will find more than sustenance, but instead true satisfaction because of the goodness of God and the land of the living. Bottom line is that kingdom parenting isn't possible without Jesus. And so if you're attempting to parent outside of a context of a relationship with Jesus, then let's make that flip today. Let's surrender your life to the Lord today so that he can begin to be Lord of your life and Lord of your home and Lord of your family. And then we can't wait to see the fruit that comes from that. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.